0: Puckets, this is big orange couch the 90s nickelodeon podcast where we talk about all things 90s nickelodeon my name's joey i'm andrew
1: and i'm Vaughn thanks for having me back
2: yeah of course this is uh episode 179 the final podtober podcast for this year um and we're talking are you afraid of the dark the tale of the midnight ride
0: yeah I, it, this is uh, like one of three definitive Halloween Are You Afraid of the Darks would you say? Um, what do you think? I mean I, mid, or uh, Twisted Claw this uh, The Tale of the Dream Machine uh, oh, oh, of course
3: oh, takes yeah, place. yeah. <laughs> Well uh,
1: That's I well hidden we, that one I think
2: <laughs> Yeah, yeah I think we probably have very, um, you know, different opinions on that one yeah. Maybe on this one, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Maybe it's like um you know, last time von you were with us it was uh Tale of Badge. I think that was two months mm-hmm. ago. Yeah. And yep. that that was lively. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I think I think an episode that people like to poke fun at that I think I don't think there's like much feeling as far as like this is a great episode. However, I think today's episode is a little more interesting because it does seem like some people are really like fond of this episode and others just kind of middling on it.
3: Hmm. Okay.
1: Yeah. I still I feel like it's an under the radar episode though. You know, I I, I don't know. I think it's yeah. it's a, I won't see too much now, but I do feel like it's a little bit um more of a sophisticated uh hmm. it's it's a little bit more grown up. Um I don't know. I don't know. It's not very uh some of you're afraid of the darks are fun and playful, so like badge or they have like typical Nickelodeon uh, like silliness or quirks, and this episode's just a bit more, it's a bit more serious. So um I think it's very appropriate for a Halloween episode, um, and it's an honor to be a guest on the Halloween episode, so <laughs> happy Halloween. Um, yeah, and it was fun to it was fun to pick this one apart, so I'm really excited to dive in and talk about everything.
0: Um, you know, I think I wonder if it's like a, a U.S. experience or an American experience because I don't know if you remember Andrew, but the lead up to the tale of the Midnight Ride because it was the start of season three, the first episode yeah. of season three. We're gonna have some new Midnight Society members. And I feel like they really built this one up as far as advertising. Like you hmm. gotta see, like you gotta see this episode. I felt like there was a ton of um, kind of hype uh, in the advertising for this episode. Do you remember? Do you recall that at all? I don't at all. I oh, okay. like
2: my um, memories of this episode were basically like I, I felt like no one was watching it. Like I never heard anybody mention it. I caught it probably, I feel like I caught it the first time at a weird time, like in the middle of the day or something. It just um, yeah, I don't know. It just kind of like didn't show up that much for me, at
0: least. Hmm, okay. I I mean, I wonder if that could lead to a difference of opinions, because I the first time I saw it, I was like, really? This is this is, Mm. um, this is the thing that I had to see?
1: (laughs) This is it. It's here. (laughs) I Oh, that's interesting because I maybe maybe it was the same here, but it. I feel like it aired weirdly, January, nineteen ninety four. Mm-hmm. So yeah. for a, for a Halloween episode, it did not actually air on Halloween. Um, so at that age, I'm probably watching this episode for the first time when I'm about six or seven. So I wouldn't have been I wouldn't have been a reliable witness. Uh, in early January 1994, probably. Um, but uh, I feel like if that is the case, it's it's weird to hype this episode for season three, you know? Yeah. Not to be too much of a spoiler at the start of this. <laughs> um,
0: I mean, I don't... Yeah, it's definitely, to me, not the best episode of season three. I'll, I'll say that without giving too much away. But... Um, yeah, it you know a lot of a lot of the episodes that start these seasons are sometimes like very it feels like starting with a bang, and this one feels like more of like just a very calm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, you, you know, no like crazy memorable monster or anything like that. Even though I guess you could call the headless horseman memorable, it feels a little <laughs> yeah. Um, calmer.
3: Yeah,
1: uh, yeah. yeah. I, the monster isn't like the the focal point weirdly i don't know maybe yeah. now I'm, I'm going too much into it but th- <laughs> there are memorable moments in this episode but i have to say that it's not it's not the horseman
3: <laughs> <It's Brad. laughs> yeah.
1: don't even i've got a whole bit to say about brad i, I have a bone to pick with brad um but um was- we'll get there we'll get there
0: I was wondering what what is what was since it's Halloween what was what is Halloween like in the UK or like what was it like for you growing up? Um, is there like culturally big differences you kind of see between like the US and the way um, you guys celebrate?
1: Oh, uh, well, we ninety percent of what I watched on TV was American, um, Nickelodeon, Disney Channel, so. I do feel like we get quite a hammed up interpretation of how things are in the US from like your high school experience all the way through to how big Halloween is. So I feel like we try and mirror it to some degree, but it's, I'm, I'm betting it's not the same, you know, on Halloween night, you could go through certain neighborhoods in the UK and you might see like a pumpkin in a window, but in the US is it really like it looks in on TV or <laughs> am I just being fed like American propaganda about <sighs> like everything looks like it does in hocus pocus.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you would think Andrew. I, I probably not to the degree of hocus pocus, but no. it's definitely like a thing. I mean, my street is uh, already got some pretty like hefty Halloween decorations out. <laughs> Um, skeletons and Uh, like you know department store ghouls (laughs) um...
1: the best kind of ghouls Uh,
0: I feel like it's
2: much more sporadic than what you see on tv like the houses that are really going for it are like few and far between kind of you know you don't see a whole neighborhood just uh (laughs) decorated like Halloween you know
1: I have you know a Pinterest account only for that reason I'm not a Pinterest person but um when you have to sign up for the damn thing to look at people's spooky houses and stuff I guess you just have to have to play the game with that but no that is one of the things I love the most about um Halloween is is kind of just embracing that I guess like well the spooky side of it but also to some degree it's quite commercialized but it I'd say that's probably one of the only kind of overly commercialized things I'm kind of on board with in a very, just feels very nostalgic. Um, I've never eaten candy corn though. I I think it looks Hmm. like teeth. Wow. So (laughs) this
0: candy, candy corn came up on an episode earlier this month um, with, was it with uh, Vincenzo on the night shift, Andrew? Oh yeah. Cause uh, we were, we were talking about this. I, I love candy corn. Um, but it you don't seems think like it maybe...
1: looks like a little canine yeah. teeth. <laughs> yeah, it's little.
0: It's like it's orange brown canine teeth kind of looking.
1: Yeah. I've never eaten deli- it. Oh,
0: they're delicious.
1: I, I saw them. A... Oh, sorry.
0: <laughs> no, no, go ahead.
1: <laughs> no, I my only frame of reference um, is the episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch with the river of candy corn. You know, in the episode where she throws a Halloween party and, and the furniture comes to life and she has to keep them at bay. Uh, and, um, and then a river of candy corn just erupts and everyone thinks it's like tricks when in fact it is just magic going completely wrong in front of all of the mortals at the party. Um, but I remember thinking, what is candy corn? Um, and from there and still not had it and we have american sweet shops in the uk vastly overpriced um you pay about 12 pounds so maybe 15 dollars for a box of lucky charms and i'm not even sure they're putting the same E numbers in those things anymore but um like i'm i'm telling you like french uh oh tourist kids will will flock into london and and spend all of their hard-earned euros on this stuff and um but no candy corn ever. Hmm. So one wow. day,
2: I man in my head, I was just like assuming it was all over the world um, <laughs> since it's like a it's like sugar basically. It's not like um, something that people couldn't make in other places.
1: What is but... the flavor?
2: It's <sighs> pure sugar.
0: It's just like sweet. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, like, like how- corn, syrup, <laughs> corn syrup, and uh, it it's very very sweet, kind of like syrupy i don't
1: know okay Boy, like, like know. caramel like a no, like caramel
0: not as good as that well that's debatable
1: <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, i was started something
2: um, um i think it's like if you imagine eating like a crayon but it was sweet <laughs> it's sort of like that taste
1: <laughs> a crayon
0: yeah
1: <laughs> oh my god you're not selling it to
0: you know? yeah, 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 it is. It is, it is waxy.
1: Is it like a jelly bean that
0: mm.
1: tastes like um, like it's a, a little, jelly bean that tastes like caramel?
0: It's a little chewier than a jelly bean. I think they're they're very <laughs> interesting. I could definitely see why. Um, like some people are just definitely out on them, but here they're. I mean, that they are to Halloween like what turkey is to Thanksgiving here. I mean they're yeah. they're kind of this staple candy. They're the staple food of Halloween, don't you think, Andrew? I feel like they're almost like more
2: of a decoration at this point so you see him in a bowl and you like i like to look at it but i don't really (laughs) want to eat any maybe one wow (laughs) well if i'm at that party that bowl is (laughs) i'm hanging by that bowl
1: (laughs) um i feel like our staple in the uk you know when people will come trick or treating and sad the sad thing is um i feel like i was part of the last generation so I was born in eighty nine, so growing up in the nineties, and you did trick or treat. Um, but I was in kind of a suburban neighbourhood, so maybe my experience is impacted by that. But I now live in in a city, London, and no one will no one. I know it. I'll buy the sweets anyway, um, but no one will come and take my sweets <laughs> because Aww. I could I could be some. You know, it, it's it's sad, but um, I think it's a mix of where i am and also just the like me like the 24-hour news cycle like allowing parents to become far more paranoid about other human beings now um so it's haribo though and i think it's like a german Mm. or a danish do you have them
2: uh yeah they're like uh gummy bears
1: yeah like stuff like that
2: gummy stuff I guess. yeah
1: just like a bag of different gummy things and that that is basically your go-to okay little bags of haribo for the kids mm. that's it um so it's that's a fun conversation is what do people give away for you know trick-or-treaters um yeah i go for the candy corn though i'm i'm game if you <laughs> next halloween if you want to trade like Give me your postal address, I'll send you some weird uh, UK or European sweets, and you can uh, send me a bag of much-coveted candy corns that I've been been craving for the past 20, 20, 23 years or whatever.
2: Oh, man. I feel like, I hope it's, like, exciting when you finally taste it. It's, like, great to you. Yeah, I feel not, like it might be a letdown
1: I'm not that hard to please with stuff like that so <laughs> we'll see um, but I loved this episode setting for that it feels this is what I want one day um, when I get to come to the States I want to see like a neighbourhood like this um, and this is something I always envied when I was a kid in the UK like I wish hmm. people went I wish people went all out like this and, and that it felt yeah really um spooky and halloweeny
2: you know and even even the houses that weren't um made up like sometimes houses would just leave the candy out but they'd like turn all the lights off for some reason you know so it's uh you know as a little kid it's like a scary thrill
0: (laughs) yeah halloween not always felt like scary but not in the way that probably you know like not like movie, like ooh, this is so fun and scary. More like, <laughs> am, I, am I risking my life by going to this person's door? <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know,
1: I never. I just want to get home. <laughs> I never thought that as a kid. Like
3: uh. that's
1: one of the best things I think about um, when I think about Halloween's gone by when I was a kid. No fear. I'd literally just. And my parents apparently also had no fear because me and my best friend, um, she's still my best friend now. We would go out with a bin liner. Um, um, I don't know what do you call it, like a <laughs> where you put your rubbish. Oh, in. a
2: garbage bag, I guess. A we call garbage it. bag, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and we would just fill it up. Like we would go house to house, and um, you say about people turning out the lights. Didn't people get punished for that? Like feel like you always had a can kind of silly string and you would definitely <laughs>
0: no, you, don't, you don't punish those people because they usually put out a sign that says like take one but then you of course like you're taking like take five all. or whatever yeah. so you're almost grateful for those people yeah
1: we did have some people in our neighborhood you i don't know what you're going to think of this that gave you like fruit
0: mm.
3: yeah like an apple yeah. yeah, no but
1: at least an apple is kind of like seasonal i i don't know like um bananas and things Oh no,
2: <laughs> just whatever they had laying around
1: yeah no, literally no. like here's something from the fruit bowl It's like <laughs> it's not your responsibility to provide me with nutrition lady you're not my parent. <laughs> um so it's so weird that they just would do that and i remember some people just gave money like please leave me yeah, alone yeah. And, um I did not get sweets. Um, I do not want to be accused of um, poisoning you. Um, here's fifty p.
0: If it's a fruit, it's got to be something. Something. A banana is inexcusable. It's got to be a fruit that cannot be punctured. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because um, yeah. yeah, that's going to go in the bottom of the bag. Um, yeah. I just get beaten up. I mean, we definitely didn't eat it, but we were, you know, we were polite kids, so we took the fruit and. We were like, they're, they're the fruit people. Just remember this house. <laughs> Take a mental picture. We're not coming back here next year. Um.
0: Um, well, uh, it is, you know, I just, we love Halloween and uh, yeah. it's fun to reminisce. And this episode does a pretty good job, like you said, Vaughn, of getting into Halloween type you know, the Halloween feel. Uh, I, I certainly never had a function at my high school that felt um, this grand. But I also <laughs> no. didn't grow up in Sleepy Hollow. So, you know, maybe they have the excuse.
3: Um, yeah,
0: maybe they do that in Sleepy Hollow every year. I, I would I would bet on it. Probably Sleepy Hollow and like Salem, Massachusetts. I bet, yeah, yeah. I bet you they go probably pretty big. And um, yeah. So this, as, as mentioned, this episode aired on Saturday night, uh, January 8th, 1994. It was the first episode yeah. of season three. Um, we've talked about January of nineteen ninety-four before, so know this month in history, but um, you know, this is a pretty big opening uh to the season. We get we get kind of three breaking pieces of news from the Midnight Society. Um, should should we hear how Gary starts here?
1: Oh yeah. yeah. I've got a lot to say about this. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so we had that super close-up on Gary's face.
3: Yeah, like, this is going
2: to be brutal.
1: Is he wearing a suit, guys? Like, he's wearing, yeah, like, yeah. a suit, right? It's very, it's like a funeral.
3: Yeah. It's- um, yeah,
1: I am, um, oh, I I can be a little bit oversensitive about these things, and you're probably going to be s- surprised that I have such a bone to pick with this, or maybe not, Um but when uh, Gary said, Well, you know, friends come, friends go, uh, am I the only one who finds it a little bit flippant? It's, yeah,
4: it's, you I know.
1: I it's like uh, think, you win some, you, you lose some.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But in this case, he's talking about two key members of the OG Midnight Society. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah.
2: You've been with them for two whole years. And as a kid, that's like
0: forever, Big. practically. And didn't David just talk about like last season that he had just moved? Like, yeah, in um, that he was like angry. So, like two well, weeks later, he's moving again. Maybe yeah. his, uh, you know, maybe
3: oh, he moves brat. a lot. <laughs> yeah. That's the
1: favorites. thing, right? Yeah. I don't know.
0: But it does yeah. seem like they should have held some type of ceremony, like some kind of yeah
1: goodbye
0: Something. society meeting. But yeah, this does feel very flippant. Yeah,
1: it's a, it's a bit rehearsed as well. Like the whole idea that. Kristen and david's family moved at the same time you know in my heart i want to believe that they did the whole teen runaway (laughs) star-crossed lovers thing um but fantasies aside really weird that this is news to the rest of the midnight society as well um when people move away they make a point of mentioning it like the last time they see you at the very least <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel yeah. I feel like I'm preaching to the choir here but like moving across the US is not a joke it's it's pretty big moving to the next state takes like 10 hours or something um in the UK it's like oh that sucks but I'll just get on a train it'll take me an hour to get to like <laughs> the other side of the- <laughs> well that's an exaggeration but like most places in this country will take you like three hours to get to the other place yeah. um yeah. Which is Ohio
0: for us? Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah.
1: um They didn't strike me as you know the kinds of people that only knew Gary. So it just feels like
0: uh yeah, for why him is Gary, to break. Yeah. Why is he the keeper of this information?
1: <laughs> it is weird. <laughs> I just I, f- I feel like. Sorry, I'm I'm literally nitpicking okay. immediately, but I feel like. I can already see how we could redo this scene. Like, They're all looking a bit glum, huddled around the campfire, and Gary comes in and he's like, come on, guys, this is really sad, but I've got a silver lining. We get to collectively babysit my little brother now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The ultimate prize replacement for two really good storytellers is this child that looks about 10 years old. Um, the only saving grace of this scene being that I think Gary and Tucker's relationship is so believable. And this is probably the first time they've actually worked together.
3: Mm,
2: yeah. yeah. I guess I feel like uh, Tucker's introduction. I liked, um,
4: like I oh, liked yeah. the surprise of it, him bringing him in with the sack over his head. <laughs> um And like that the Midnight Society was surprised, you know, like you're part of the Midnight Society being
0: surprised. Um, yeah. The yeah. acting from the Midnight Society, you know, I have to say, I think this is one of Frank's better acted episodes. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I felt like his reactions were just very, um, like, <laughs> like very primal and like, you know, no way, man. <laughs> yeah. Or like, you know, keep him out of my face. Like, it yeah. just felt like this was Frank really shining. Um, but uh, to go back. Uh you know, one thing I want to mention is when he tells them that they're not coming back, you know, sometimes we get shots of the Midnight Society like while they're like doing their intro where it looks like they've just heard the craziest thing they've ever heard. Like we <laughs> yeah. get like we get stronger reactions from the Midnight Society when they're introducing hungry hounds than like uh you know yeah. <laughs> from like them being like, Hey, two of our best friends are never coming back. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Well, my friend Sam wants to be in.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. She's over it, it pretty good. quickly. Um, <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah,
1: I I totally agree with what you said about Frank. I feel like it makes him more relatable. Up to this point, Frank is abrasive. And, and he's pretty abrasive here, but you can totally see where he's coming from because you're like 15-year-old. Yeah. How old is he? Like, I, I'd say Frank's like 15 or whatever. He's just found yeah. out he has to hang out with a child in the woods. Yeah. Um, throughout the entire scene, he doesn't drop the act either. He looks entirely reluctant there. to accept the new order of things um i'd have stopped as well um but i do i do really like the dynamic um tucker is a pretty believable uh pain in the ass and <laughs> y- you can kind of see why gary is gary um yeah, yeah. he spends like 99 of his time at home being wound up by this kid So that's why he's (laughs) such a stern kind of straight-laced guy who wears a suit to a campfire.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Tucker will make
1: you into a Gary, basically.
2: I do like the, like, amount of, like, uh, story development with the Midnight Society in this intro. It's, like, pretty serious. Like, this might be the biggest... um, like change to the Midnight Society, um, with everything they mentioned, like even Sam um, as a possible uh, new member. Yeah, it's like once you know what happens, that's kind of uh,
3: satisfying.
0: Yeah. Well, the future the future of the Midnight Society hinges on this meeting. I mean, we get yeah. Sam who we know from night shift is going to become star Cross lovers with Gary. We get Tucker who's going to lead the new franchise in uh, five short years. So this is, this is, um, yeah, I think it'd be fair to say this might be the most important meeting they've ever held. Yeah. You may, you may be right. <laughs> um, well, should we hear how Tucker
4: introduces the story here? Yeah.
1: Yeah. um very (laughs) suspenseful (laughs) and i have written here it's not as easy as it looks i confess that as a fully grown woman i failed to do this successfully when you last invited me onto the show so good for baby daniel Desanto. (laughs) um i think it's it's pretty cryptic it it is suspenseful um it's very animated and you know for for a kid who looks about 10 years older i think this is pretty captivating stuff so Yeah. yeah
2: I agree, and for even Frank comes around right at the end, a little yeah,
1: like his yeah. facial
2: expression picks Ooh. up a
0: little, like
1: oh, his interest his is picked. Yeah,
0: <laughs>
3: yeah,
1: he's reluctantly well, interested. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, uh, we we do like to do our own Midnight Society openings. Uh, are you guys ready to uh, try your own campfire uh, opening to Midnight Ride? Sure.
3: Mm, am. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's tough being the new kid, especially when no one
2: wants you around. Sometimes the only way to make friends is to prove yourself. But what if fitting in meant losing your head? Submitted for the approval.
3: <laughs> I love you. <it>. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Andrew, I've, I've used a similar line and I'm going to have oh to use this. <laughs> I feel like it's, it's the gifted line for this story, but that was great.
0: I think I might have it too, so we we might have a <laughs> <Yes>. trifecta.
1: <laughs> oh wow! Um, oh, mine's a bit long, I think, um, oh. but but it's actually not just a dead giveaway of the sequence <laughs> of events from the episode. So I feel like I'm evolving. So um, okay, we all know that one tale so well that we can't even remember the first time we ever heard it stories we feel like we've always known woven from the imaginations of our ancestors whispered in our ears in school playgrounds cautionary tales for unruly boys and girls passed down and poured out in front of campfires these age-old legends woven into the social fabric of our cities and our small towns supposed superstitions that dictate the traditions of our everyday lives after all what's the harm in believing that's exactly what my story is all about. In my tale, you better believe. In my tale, the legends of this sleepy town will be roused from its slumber on all Hallows' Eve to bring mere myth cantering into reality. <laughs> so open your mind, buckle up, and enjoy the ride. Just make sure you don't lose your head. Submit <laughs> approval to the big orange couch, I call this story.
2: <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was like a pro... Uh, take like I feel like that's even more sophisticated than the uh than the like good ones okay. took, yeah on the actual it. show I, I
1: like, told Jimmy said that I was like Tucker, <laughs> you blow me away I have to uh
2: <laughs> one-up Tucker
1: <laughs> I tried I tried
2: <laughs> yeah yeah no I liked it I loved it thank you
1: very all much right.
0: all right here we go um I'll just jump right in Grandpa Gene Gary My dad, magicians, these are all examples of legends. Legends who bring about good in the world. But there are some legends that should be left alone. The Midnight Society looks at each other in total awe. Legends that are better left as stories. Because if you dare to get too close you might just lose your head submitted for the <laughs> yes. approval of the big orange cat
1: i love that that's... we all ended every single one of us ended it with that um wow uh, yeah. yeah Yeah.
2: for a second i was like oh this is so great losing your head
1: <laughs> i'm like oh yeah andrew it, it is great that's why we all did it i've done it <laughs>
0: I've really broken it open.
1: (laughs) It's a this Horseman episode. You you have to. Yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) Uh, All right, Andrew, well, do you want to get us into the story? Uh,
2: Yeah, let's do it. Um, So Tucker's tale begins with a pan across an old battlefield as he recounts the legend of Ichabod Crane
4: and is running with the ghost of the Headless Horseman. yeah um it really reminded me of the beginning of crybaby lane
0: like really similar (laughs) setup yeah yeah Yeah. uh which is if you're didn't listen to that episode and i think that was episode two of podtober it was a made for nickelodeon movie um yeah you get the legend right up front this way they can just play off of it and and even still with like they kind of um like the foggy imagery yeah um yeah
2: just interesting
0: um
2: in the modern day ian matthews just moved to sleepy hollow but so far his attempts to make friends haven't gone so well one day as he's coming out of school he sees a girl carrying halloween decorations and when they get knocked out of her hands by her idiot boyfriend he runs to help her
0: pick them up (laughs) i appreciate that you called him idiot boyfriend i feel like usually i'm the one
4: that uses that terminology
0: Bread is is a real
4: tool. Oh,
1: no. Yeah, we're unanimous on this. (laughs) Um, I like the continued intro, to be honest. Um, Like, it's a huge legend to cover in, like, 25 minutes. Mm.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, And I I do feel like this added some level of sophistication to the episode. Um, You know, usually we get a bit of voiceover, like, Amanda just went to her (laughs) aunt's house. And, you know, this kind of, like, fun kind of music that implies that all is well now but things are about to take a turn whereas in this it's kind of like it is quite a spooky scene that's being set here so um that's kind of what i got watching this episode and thinking so this is the start of season three and it does feel like they're taking this a lot more seriously yeah um and season Tucker's three on the whole is- strong. Yeah, he's raising yeah. the bot. Well, he's he's come to play. He's he's got to. Um yeah. otherwise Gary's not allowed to come anymore. So yeah. <laughs> as like a fully grown man, he's not allowed to play with his friends <laughs> if he doesn't take his kid further along. Um, uh, yeah. but uh also the scene. Um, after this, um, where we see <laughs> where we see Ian, um, we do see the um the opening scene and I am a sucker for this like Americans gearing up for Halloween um and and we see our protagonist uh Ian Matthews king of the finger guns in like this awkward act of chivalry where he holds the door open for two girls yeah. with maximum overkill. I think he actually gestures like come on out ladies <laughs> like sort of thing. <laughs> and I I actually wrote his outfit down because I feel like it epitomizes his goofiness. Um yeah. that was a, a a blue denim oversized shirt buttoned all the way up, a brown tie like quite a jazzy pattern, um and an oversized brown suede waistcoat. So um he's the perfect i afraid of the dark protagonist he's socially awkward curtains well-meaning heart of gold yeah. but um just a complete goofball
2: yeah total like ham character <laughs> yes. uh, just like tripping over himself and stuff um yeah but I but I, he's like endearing
1: yeah yeah, yeah like
2: yeah. almost immediately I feel like um So uh, Katie tells Ian that the decorations are for tonight's Halloween dance, and he offers
4: to help them set up.
1: Yeah, takes total advantage of like the fraught relationship between her mm. and this Brad guy, and it's like, yeah, get get this cleaned up, like pronto. Like yeah. it's so awkward. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, it is weird when well.
2: he, it is weird when he's like trying to assert himself
1: out um, of nowhere after like two minutes of knowing this girl and yeah. standing up against this guy who i'm sorry i am gonna i am gonna go there how old is this guy um (laughs) you're good at the research side i couldn't retrieve anything for him on google but i know you have that whole like in the us i feel like you're more committed like no child left behind and all that seriously though brad looks about (laughs) 34 (laughs) years old at the time of filming (laughs) like
2: did you look at yeah did you look him up andrew um, I did look him up. I didn't find his age. Um,
1: yeah. you feel like he looks a bit old?
2: um he oh, definitely yeah. looks old though I do feel like there was like the occasional kid in school that you know looked somehow ten years older than the rest of the kids <laughs>
0: like it, you know they have facial hair or whatever really early um yeah, I feel like this guy though legit looks like twenty two <laughs> or three
1: yeah, and also um. um I feel like maybe it was you, Joey. Um, when you guys were talking about Last Dance, you were like, "Who do you root for here?" Wow. That is literally my thought process in this conversation. I'm like, Ian, I was with you, but you've just you've just dug your own grave because you've just annoyed this giant guy who looks in his thirties. And if I was Katie, I'd just be thinking, oh, great. He's a douchebag as well, but in his own special way. And yeah. so, yeah, great. I've got mm. two two weird guys vying for my affection now as opposed to just the one meathead <laughs> yeah. jock guy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I do think Ian, like, you know, he's kind of charming enough off the bat, but I do think he lacks some humility. Like, um, he he is, like you said, he's kind of abrasive in his own way as far as, like, just his um unrelenting like wanting to poke the bear you know what i mean he, oh, yeah. he wants he wants brad to be upset and brad should be upset brad's you know not a good person but i just feel like you know there's nice guys out there who just don't have to resort to either of these things yeah. i hope she can i hope she can find him
1: <laughs> yeah. and then i when they go inside and they're setting up um he's like are you going to the dance and he's like whoa are you asking and it's like why <laughs> why just say maybe <laughs> like, yeah.
3: yeah.
1: he is yeah. poking the bear at that point yeah. um, and at that point he removes a table and he's just dangling in midair and i am thinking i think we're about eight minutes in here and you're just like where is this going
0: we're we're setting up the dance
1: yeah how how are we gonna be wrapped up in like 15 minutes or whatever (laughs) Um,
2: did you what uh, well um, they end up at the dance like pretty quickly after this Um, what uh, did you think about the Ichabod Crane costumes like both of them dressing as Ichabod Crane
0: I mean I think what are the odds I guess Hmm. But I guess we don't live in Sleepy Hollow again, so I don't know. Maybe oh. in Sleepy Hollow, a lot of people dress as a Yeah, I, did, yeah I didn't think of that. Hmm.
1: I feel like I thought they were all going for like a pirate theme. Like Brad's the hmm. pirate and they're both like <laughs> first mate or you know, like captain. I like uh. genuinely, I thought it was cool though, the way that they kind of, um, yeah, referenced. Uh, yeah reference the characters that they're going to meet and yeah. um kind of like the antagonists and the protagonists and um also the dance scene is just it's so pure like i i i love i love I hate. it's awkward as hell to watch back but you're just like the direction here has been hey kids just dance like like you would at a dance just have fun but it's it's yeah it, it never quite looks like an actual dance. Um, I did like some of the costumes. I saw a Fred, a, uh, Fred Flintstone. Um, oh, yeah. I like to think it was a nod to the recently released Flintstones movie.
0: Mm. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, that would have. That probably lines up. Yeah. Yeah. I think
1: 1993. Um, I, I, yeah. both,
0: I both like the dance and I like the dance just because it feels so like quintessentially 90s and like there's always a scene in anything Halloween where there's just a party with people in costumes dancing so mm-hmm. it fills that kind of void but also it's like a full minute and a half of the episode <laughs> yeah. and we're still nowhere cl- <laughs> <laughs> we're, not, we're not anywhere closer to knowing what's what we're supposed to be watching so it just felt I felt upon rewatching very frustrated during the first 14 minutes of like okay hmm. come on like let's yeah. let's get to the woods
1: you're like checking. Your I, <laughs> I enjoyed um, the montage of Ian charming everyone but Brad, while Brad <laughs> hovers around looking furious. <laughs> Ian's just there, like telling jokes, and everyone's like, yeah. "Oh, Ian, you're so funny. Welcome to <laughs> Sleepy Hollow."
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Um, well, when he goes to rescue Katie from Brad. Uh,
4: Brad drags Ian outside for a fight. This is pretty good. I mean, I, I like, I,
0: I you know, Ian putting his hands up, you know, yeah. and uh, saying he doesn't want to put him down, and. The, the striking of the deal again, this feels all very like American nineties teen. Yeah. Uh, you know, just that model. Totally. Yeah. Um, also the model of the boyfriend who thinks the meaner he is, the more likely he is to like get his girlfriend to like him again. That feels also very like, American, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. straight <laughs> out of the pop culture of that time of like the guy who just is like digging his heels into the the like, jerk being <laughs> yeah. a jerk. Yeah. yeah. Good
1: point. What does he say? Put your fists down, geek. And he's like, oh, I'd rather not. It's like, aren't you the same guy who was like pushing Brad earlier and saying like, clean us up? You know, we're we're gonna go and get ready for the dance, even though they they met like five minutes ago.
2: Yeah, yeah, he was picking.
1: Like, yeah, he's
2: picking a fight with yes. him basically.
1: And then like um, Ian's red bear masculinity is like. <laughs> put on the shopping block by brad <laughs> and he takes the bait like a total sucker yeah. um and he's like uh oh, go and get this pumpkin you know the whole initiation thing which again is like a real 90s trope like we yeah. all did this and everyone's just stood around like none of us did this yeah. um and uh once again Ian is cocky and is like all right be right back gonna go and get the pumpkin save me a <laughs> dance babe Like (laughs) (laughs) thinks he'll be back in time to like make the dance again. Yeah.
2: Um, and Brad also re-tells them the legend of Sleepy Hollow, or like gives us more information that we need to know, I guess, later on about Ichabod Crane and um taking the fork at the road.
1: He's quite a storyteller, you know, for someone who I assume has been held back like five (laughs) times. yeah he, he knows all
2: about this like,
1: d- I mean you would think that he knows about local <laughs> culture but like yeah. um but yeah so um well, I, think, I he, think
0: he's charming you know what I mean like he he he's a jerk but he also he must have the ability to charm yeah yeah yeah
1: that's his only that superpower it, but... like no, most, psych-
0: <laughs> most psychopaths have this power
1: <laughs> that is, that's very very true <laughs>
2: Um, so Brad goes off in the woods to retrieve the pumpkin and prove that he's a man, I guess. And, uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, when he, but when he comes to the fork in the road, he decides not to make Ichabod's same mistake. So he takes a left turn instead of a right toward the bridge of souls. He can hear a horse neighing as he stumbles deeper into the woods. Till he finally comes to the bridge and finds the glowing jack-o'-lantern waiting for him. But when he picks it up, he's
4: confronted by none other than the headless horseman. Yes. yes (laughs) yes <laughs>
2: uh, i love this neighing uh, i don't know how you feel about this but i thought it was an effective
3: yeah um...
0: like the echoed neighing through the woods yeah yeah, yeah it's
4: effective
1: <laughs> i like that i also like the music in this episode i do i do feel like this is why i feel like it's a bit more kind of it's done well yeah that that's what i will say overall it is it is done well Timing maybe is the issue, but it will get we'll get there. I'm sure eventually we'll get there.
0: <laughs> you know what the, I think the other strength here is, and I you know I think there's a, almost somewhat of a running theme in some of the best. Are you afraid of the darks? Is that there's no parents in this episode. Like I mm. think some of I think some of the best ones we we talk about. Like we talked about night shift, which I think is a great one. No parents. Yeah. I think about like um, I don't know if there's parents in dead man's float. Laughing in the dark, just uh-huh. a little bit. Anyway, I I think sometimes these stories flow better when you don't have to deal with, like, the parent checking in on the kid. It just gets right to the kids. Totally.
2: That was kind of another issue with um, Crybaby Lane, the parents. Like, they could have just, (laughs) like, gotten rid of the parents, you know, explained them away, and it would have been better for it. Right. Right. Um, Yeah. Uh, So wielding a pirate sword, the horseman attacks and Ian crumples to the ground. And as he pleads with the horseman not to
4: take his head, the ghost opens its cape to reveal it was Brad all along. Freaking (laughs) Brad! Where is
1: that? Where did that horse come from?
2: (laughs) Oh wait, there's no horse yet.
1: Oh no, no, no! Uh Sorry,
2: (laughs) he's just like wobbling around the bridge with uh, his head covered up.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. I yeah, no, I ruined that bit. You're right. There isn't. I'm misremembering. It was just so convincing. Um, Yeah. Even though he blatantly looks like a. um, Oh, I I'm not going to get this right. What do you call them? Like an American footballer with all the padding, and Mm. he's just yeah yeah yeah. He's got all of the like padding, and he just looks ridiculous.
0: And he's even his buddy. What's even weirder to me is like everybody has followed him for this prank. Yeah, like even uh, what's the girl's name? Um, Katie. Katie, thank you. Uh, Even Katie, who like despises Brad, has kind of like. Why would she go to take part in this?
1: Yeah. And then she's Just like, so no. she could
0: console him?
1: <laughs> yeah. And if, and if
0: that's the case, why not just put a stop to it right off the bat? Like, no, that's my idiot ex-boyfriend, Brad. <laughs> you know, why did she observe?
1: Yeah, she observed I, yeah. and let him do it. And then was like, oh, Brad. <laughs> what do you do that? Like, what did you think? Right. So, when he was dressing up in the outfit and you were just standing around twiddling your thumbs, that didn't do yeah. it. And then, when you watched Ian like think, feel like he was about to have his head taken off by this sword, which to be honest, that probably was a hazard in and of itself. um
0: You think that's a real sword? Is that a real sword?
1: I mean, plastic. <laughs> <it was> <laughs> I dare you to wave that around at a boy who thinks that he's about to be decapitated, and and see see how that goes. Yeah. I wouldn't risk it, but um, yeah, you're right. I'm like Katie. You've really shown your uh, you've shown your colors here. Yeah, yeah.
0: Andrew, you liked it. Um, what? <laughs> did, you, did you like the scene? Uh,
2: yeah, I liked Brad. Some, I mean, you know, I knew what was going to happen, but uh. I do like that, like he was holding his pirate sword from earlier. So if you're a kid, you know, you might notice like that detail be like, Oh, it must be Brad. Yeah. You know? um, and uh, you know, it served its purpose perfectly well. Uh, I've definitely seen like way more um, like incompetent takes at this, at like somebody trying to scare somebody, but this felt, um, I don't know, real.
1: Mm-hmm because at this point you're thinking it's got to be him because we're halfway through the episode. So <laughs> you're know, like, if this isn't the horseman, <laughs> I don't know who else it could possibly we be. We have six
0: yeah. minutes. This has to be him. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> that is a good point though. Like you're so far into the story that you even maybe get tricked, you know, a little.
1: Yeah. Um, um, you're like,
2: boy, this is a bet, ba- really bad uh, makeup episode. Yeah. But...
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, Katie's then like oh no I'm staying with Ian like after all that horrible yeah. stuff Brad get out of here but this this part has like two of my favourite lines I, I wonder <laughs> if you know what I'm gonna say the oh. charmer that he is very romantic
0: take thy muddy <laughs> arm yeah. like oh.
1: take, take thee my muddy arm oh. <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't want to hear that And um, at the risk of needing dental work, I'd uh, love to see you again. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) which is about as romantic, romantic as it gets. Um, Yeah, (laughs) I
3: like it. Yeah, yeah.
1: that brought the uh, it brought the Nickelodeon charm. I think that part. And and I do I do think that um, this character, so whoever plays Ian brings like these uh fun goofy asides throughout the whole thing even when like even when it's going down with the horseman like he he will kind of be like whoa that was close or I don't remember what he says but um and and when he finds the little glow stick in the pumpkin and he's like nice touch yeah (laughs) (laughs) so I do I do think um it's not an episode of i afraid of the dark that i feel you went to bed scared after but you did enjoy the kind of fun of it um because ultimately like if you're not in sleepy hollow this is a local guy you know a local ghost you don't really need to worry about bumping yeah. into him and like <laughs> especially where i am like across the atlantic he's he's not getting to me so yeah. um but i did yeah. like that scene um.
2: I, I just liked Brad's, um yelling at Ian, like, this is going to go down in history. Or, like, your humiliation is going to go down in history. Um, just felt like a little overselling, but it worked for this episode.
0: I do. Yeah. I, th- you know, it's not my favorite episode, but there is like a there is a real thick layer of charm on this episode. Like, yeah, it's kind of yeah. it's, it's impossible to hate, I think, this episode.
3: Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. But I think it's. I, uh, we'll, well, I guess we'll wait to get to it. But I, I I think there is some very likable stuff about it, including what's coming up here. My, my favorite moment. <laughs> yeah. um,
2: well, I was just going to mention before that um, there's a brief moment where the camera pans to the Headless Horseman. Like, but oh, yeah. nobody but the audience sees it. Yeah. 14 um, minutes
0: and 30 seconds into the episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, I didn't even see perfect, it. I didn't see moment. it. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I said, Okay. How, how far are we in here before we saw this and yeah it there is seven minutes left in the episode and to be fair they pack it in in these last seven minutes yeah um sure, yeah. so i guess i shouldn't be too hard because uh, dead man's float is actually quite quite the same as far as like just a huge amount of story up front and then the last like six minutes being all action yeah um but that the dead the the headless horseman doesn't quite hold the same scariness to me like yes it's kind of a haunting image but uh he's also like a little aggressive (laughs)
2: uh you're comparing the headless horseman scariness to the
0: uh pool monster well i was comparing the time frames of the episodes and then saying that like the last five minutes of dead man's float i think works better because the monster is scarier oh i see
1: okay yeah and it's like they know that that's they know that's real, right? Because they speak to, so Dead Man's Float, they talk to the guy who still works at the school, who was like the, the, <laughs> the kid uh, who was, you know, getting with this girl when his little brother died because of the pool monster. He's like, listen, this pool monster exists he killed my brother. <laughs> I still work here. <laughs> and, and there's been a few like jumpy parts in that where you're like, oh, I just got grabbed by the pool monster. Right, right. Whereas with this, you're like, this is an ancient legend. It's probably not real. The only people that could be the horsemen are like pretending to be the horseman. And it's like, yeah. So at this point in the episode, you're like, is the horseman going to show up? Or is this a lesson in like, The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. (laughs) Is that what I'm supposed to learn here? That like these legends are scary because of our imaginations. Eighteen minutes in, here he is.
0: (laughs) Um, I mean, I would argue the scariest thing about this episode is not the horseman. Can can Hmm. we can we? So we do. We get a little tease of the horseman. You know, which now that you.
2: Now that you mention it, that must have been because if we didn't get that, it would be
0: like, yeah. we'd never get after, to the horse. Oh, I mean, if you're watching this as a kid, there's a commercial break and you still haven't gotten to the horseman, <laughs> yeah. you forget it. <laughs> I, got, I got, you know, I, I got to go to bed. Um, but no, I think then after that commercial break where they give you a little taste, they're walking through the woods here. And then I think you get what is, to me... I don't know if as a kid, but certainly as an adult, what I thought was the most unnerving part, which is an Hmm. actual ghost of Ichabod Crane. Yeah. Yeah. In what I think is the performance of the episode.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh,
1: It's good. (laughs)
4: I dare to call it great. Um, there's some. There's something very
0: strange, you know. He's he's playing. He's Ichabod. He's lost his way in the woods. Uh, he looks a lot like, um, you know, uh, Giles or Old Man Corcoran, kind of that white, pasty yeah. ghost look. Um, and uh, his affect, the way he speaks, is yeah, so interesting, and uh, he chilled me to to my bone.
1: Did Did you notice how he talks?
0: like a revolution hmm. like a like an Englishman
1: yeah I know I have a chip on my shoulder about this <laughs> <laughs> but this this episode is a classic example of a standard formula and are you afraid of the dark um I, we see akabbo crane he's got a fruity like flamboyant way and a British accent and English accents are always used to either like a elevate, the bizarreness of a character in this case I think that's true or signify mm. that the character is like untrustworthy or not what they seem a bit mysterious mm. I have a list I don't know if you want to go into it but there are- <laughs> this happens a lot Miss Clove Twisted Claw Nanny from the Lonely Ghost Dr. Oliver I'm tempted to say Leonid from the 13th floor, but I think he's just trying to neutralize the accent. I yeah. don't know. He's trying to sound like he's from another planet, you know? Right, right, um, right. <laughs> poor little Jane lady from the Whispering Walls. Mm. Frozen ghost, frozen ghost. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the tailors from the hatching, but they might just be posh. Um, yeah, I think they're posh. Sea captain, the water demons. Miss Simpson, room for rent. The creeper from the closet keepers, so, green vampire from Night Shift, um, Miss Briar might just be posh, Marjorie um, from the Tale of the Jagged Sign, the old lady who needs uh, her like yeah. still very like handsome young <laughs> She's <her> teenage boyfriend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's like, <laughs> wouldn't you? like um, <laughs> Mr. Pym and Mr. Collins from The Gruesome Gourmets. Yes. <laughs> and Hermione, um, Macbeth's lover her from The Walking Shadow. I, I guess that's a cheat because Nanny Hermione and... Uh, she's also the uh, the grandma in Silversight, isn't she? This lady who... Um, she mm. crops up a fair bit uh, as yeah. an I'm afraid of the dark actress, but... I'm honestly, like, when Ichabod Crane shows up and he's British, I'm like, what? what is this? And, and why is it always that to make them seem freaking weird, they always have to have, like, a very bizarre English accent? And I get it, because it is a straight... If you're, like, you know, American kids watching the show, you're like, oh, this it makes someone a bit more otherworldly and a bit more old school, I guess.
3: <laughs> yeah
1: i didn't even uh, yeah. mention the long ago locket uh, in that case um, <laughs> we made a rod for our own back you know <laughs> i'll give um, you that one
2: <laughs> i think it also in my head like not even thinking about it but just like subconsciously gives it some, gives the characters like some credibility
0: to me for some reason it's just like yeah they must be like a little bit smarter than everybody else <laughs> yeah <laughs> i believe their characters more
3: yeah, trust
1: yeah. me, if if you if you're tuned into British media at this moment in time, people who speak with British accents and have important jobs don't always have a great deal of good things to say. <laughs> um But that's political, and we'll leave that out of this. But um, but when he showed up, I was just like, "That's it. Like, I'm I'm, I'm gonna flog my theory here about how." <laughs> and that's yeah. quite a lot of characters that show up, but um. And are afraid in all your friend yeah. the dark and speak uh, with these kind of English accents, um, but I do love this character and and I do think he is kind of like the real spooky element. Um, I yeah. yeah
0: yeah he's he's helpless. You know he he's not a threat to them, but at the same no. time they know that like something is off. Yeah, he's definitely weird enough
2: that like you know as soon as you see him that he's not a regular human trotting through the woods you know? right
1: right you kind of also get the impression that it's a test you know he doesn't really yeah. come up to you and he's like oh look I'm really lost he's like I'm lost
4: <laughs> um
1: which way should I take and it's like for this um for the horseman to be at bay this is what I got from it please tell me if I'm wrong they kind of have to sell Ichabod down the river. <laughs> They like have to sacrifice him, right, to get the horseman off their back. Because if they send oh, yeah. him, yeah, and it's a bit like, okay, so you send this guy to his doom, <laughs> and and you're like, all right, it's all over. Thank God for that. It's all tied up well, in a neat little bow. Happy Halloween. Ichabod died as he rightfully should have, and we're we're safe to go and eat our candy corn.
3: <laughs> um, well,
2: this is this is like they. Uh, Just to backtrack a second, they uh, tell him to go the other way at the fork in the road so that he saves himself first. Mm -hmm. And that kind of like um, brings about this like screw up in the way history worked, I guess. Right.
0: He has to go. He should have gone left originally, which then screws up the story for them. But the only way to resolve it is then to make sure he goes right Um, And you're right, especially at the end. They're very content to be like, yeah, why
1: don't you you go ahead and head (laughs) right? (laughs) Have a nice night. (laughs) Happy Halloween.
0: (laughs) I surely would have gone right. Ah, He's
1: the best. I know. Um, I think he's like a really, I think he's quite a legit actor, but you guys probably did this Mm -hmm. research too. Um, But um, yes. Uh So they... They make him go the right way, which is in the story the wrong way, to try and yeah. save him. Right. And this is when we get, this is when the horseman actually shows up because they've screwed with history. They have screwed with the legend.
2: Right. Yeah. Um, they, they immediately run back to Katie's
4: house, like thinking this is all over. and Ian almost kisses her, but at the last moment, he realizes his bike
2: is at school, and he has to go run and find it. Um, All along the way, he's on edge from the sounds of a horse neighing in the background, and Katie startles him, coming to return his keys to unlock unlock his bike. Um, As he unlocks it, they notice a shadow on the side of the school in the shape of the horseman,
4: and he yells for Brad to stop messing with him. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. And and I feel like he's he's like she doesn't like you anymore. Get up. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> Bro. Yeah, just cool it. Like she's mine now. I've I've valiantly won her heart in the space of an evening. Um <laughs> um yeah, I I do think like I'd rather have seen less of this the whole like Brad like leave Katie alone thing is so it's like I'd rather have seen more of the drama um, of the actual legend unleashed and kind of like wreaking havoc on them in the woods than you know them kind of Katie not speaking for herself and Ian kind of breaking up with Brad for her and (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it's not brad it's the actual horseman who doesn't know what they're yeah. talking about um
2: uh this is the moment where the shadow gallops off the building morphing into the real headless horseman oh my god perhaps the best uh to me
0: moment in the whole episode <laughs> well this was this was nickelodeon promo heaven the uh, yes. shadow oh, yeah. on the wall coming out <laughs> It was yeah. like on every Are You Free of the Dark commercial for the <laughs> rest of the
4: 90s. <laughs> And it's a good effect. Uh, I mean, I actually yeah, rewatching really. it. I was
0: like, wow, they really pulled that off.
2: Yeah. Um, so the horseman chases them across the school grounds, showing up at every turn until Katie comes up with a plan to go back to the bridge of souls where the ghost can't follow.
0: I do. Um, love, I do love this moment yeah. when they're like about to like take off from the school and uh, they go by that like chain link fence. Yeah, you know, and he runs up on them. "Ah!" Yeah. But he like, I don't understand. Can he not go through the fence?
1: Yeah. 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 I I, I found it interesting. Like a powerful ancient legend is um, (laughs) hindered (laughs) hindered by like a modern, like, yeah. If it had been cool, if he'd have like jumped the fence, you know, he is on a horse or if he'd have just gone straight through it.
0: Yeah. His two Achilles heels are like a bridge and chain-like fences.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> um, I also really like when he first
4: comes out of the wall, he has a pumpkin on his head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's cool. just great imagery yeah. and him and, and uh i love when they're running away and um
0: ian you know brad is there ready to scare again yeah <laughs> and you know yeah, yes that's brad's a <laughs> actually faced with the terror of the real one yeah and he's
2: saying suddenly don't take my head <laughs> yeah 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 when they reach the woods katie
4: runs off to distract the horseman while ian escapes over the bridge but he refuses to leave
0: her behind. <laughs> as they, as they like as loudly as possible, discuss their plan while hiding yeah. behind like roots in the ground. <laughs> we we'll distract him. Yeah. Like they're hiding while speaking as if like, they're on like an air, like, like next to an airplane. <laughs> I'll run and you distract him. <laughs> and
1: he's right there. Yeah.
0: He's just like.
1: <laughs> and the thing as if we haven't had a bad enough Take on like the modern woman and like feminism. She is so bad at what she. She's like, no, I'm going to distract him, and then she <laughs> falls on her face twenty seconds in and screams yeah. for help. She's like, oh no, Ian! Actually, Hell. I screwed up. Yeah, she
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like literally turns and then face plants. <laughs> yeah.
1: And Ian, I don't think he. I think he's like, look, like you're going to have to struggle there because I've I've got a job to do, which yeah. I respect. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I love that uh, he tries to reverse the uh, story on
4: him. He throws the pumpkin. Yes. That's a pretty comedic moment. Yes, that was great.
1: Uh- <laughs> so I do I do think that the the guy who plays um Ian is yeah, and and just to backtrack a little bit when Brad shows up and he's like meet your friend or like um uh, something
0: like meet your brother
1: yeah meet your brother or something and and then I I thought that was quite hilariously ruthless like two birds one stone like (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um,
2: so in a slow motion chase Ian races across the bridge and the horseman follows bursting into a giant ball of flame in another great effect in this episode yeah but why
0: why does he explode because he's not allowed to pass the bridge He explodes. Well, that was just to make it cooler. It just seems like you know he should vanish or something. He's a ghost. They probably messed with that and they're like, Oh, that's
2: really anticlimactic. And you know, we need like something big to finish this episode off. Now, like, well, the ghost is gone. Oh, well,
4: all right, fair enough. Uh, Katie finds Ian hanging off the side of the bridge. And as she helps him up, Ichabod Crane trots back through, explaining that he took a wrong turn and is heading back to the fort to set things straight. Happy Halloween!
1: Yeah, I think he's like, this is why I feel like it's very, uh, it's like a test. He's like, I think it best I go that way. And they're like, yeah, it is. Go and die. Go and die. We just want to go and like celebrate our new teenage love. And I can't be bothered doing this again. (laughs) So. See, we, yeah, need you to, we need
0: you to take the bullet on this one ichabod <laughs> yeah. we're gonna go make it out
1: <laughs> yeah pretty much um and then when ian's kind of like hanging off the side i think he says uh something along the lines of like i thought it was supposed to be boring around here or something like that like me a big city kid Come into Sleepy Hollow, I am pleasantly surprised by all the action of, <laughs> <laughs> of my first, you know what I mean?
3: First cool. day, seemingly.
1: <laughs> it's like, a, it is a kid's show. So it does kind of, um, it's like they're like reassuring aside. It's like the yeah. protagonist got this, you know, like he's fine. He's even making jokes, you know. Yeah. He was just running for his actual life. <laughs> but it's, it's fine because he just sold Ichabod Crane down the river and everything's sewn up in a neat little bow, just like it should have been. So
2: Yes, yeah, he uh, trots away. Uh, <laughs> we pan over to the Headless Horseman riding on somewhere. He just exploded. <laughs> <laughs> What's he doing? Uh, yeah, I mean, like this kind of plays into
0: that. The
2: idea of it being a test or something yeah. it's like and this can't happens kill a- all the time to
0: people i guess yeah you can't kill a legend i suppose yeah. you can you can only legend- just like maybe legends never her. die yeah they never know. die that's right
1: <laughs> if this had um, happened to me i'd probably want to follow ichabod and this because i'm you know just maybe more of an anxious person um i'd want to see him go I'd want yeah. to know that it was all <laughs> done and dusted. you know, I'd be like, okay, I can't go to sleep tonight until I know that like what's done is actually done. I know he that makes to, me sound really morbid. But I'd be like,
2: to take but off.
1: I'd be like, <laughs> I'd be like I'll walk you there. How about that? <laughs> we'll go together. Perfect. Let me, let um, me on your back. I'll, um, I'll, uh, I'll walk alongside your horse as you, Ride to your death. (laughs) I just need to know that this isn't going to happen to me ever again.
2: Well, after the story, Betty Ann, Kiki, and Frank give Tucker their blessing to join the Midnight Society. But as Gary is left to put out the fire,
4: he hopes he doesn't regret his decision. Um, one thing here, you know, besides, besides, uh,
0: you know, you know, we get, we get the midnight society, they, you know, they kind of give their seal of approval, you know, Kiki's like kind of like eh, on it, Betty Ann is blown what? away and, um, Frank is, you know, just keep him out of my effing face and, uh, <laughs> which, which feels right. But, um. Also, you know, we've talked about whether the Midnight Society actually meets at midnight. This is a question that's Mm. long bothered me Um, by long. I mean, like in the last few months. Um, (laughs) So, you know, I would think that if he's having to bring Tucker, I think this would be evidence Mm. towards this. Not them not meeting at midnight.
2: Yeah. Uh, You know what? Also, I think it's in Midnight Madness. Like they're going to a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like a midnight movie. Um, Yeah. I think it's midnight. So. That would mean like they got there earlier.
0: I think they're starting 9.30, snick time, Easter. Yeah, it could be.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But then I kind of get the impression that to let your kid, and I know the 90s were a different time, just go into the woods by themselves Mm. to meet their friends and start a fire. Um, (laughs) It looks like nighttime. Um, I kind of get the impression that maybe as so many are you afraid of the dark parents are their parents are just too negligent to notice that they sneak out at like midnight or whatever
2: well we we now know gary's parents are (laughs) very strict or something
1: yeah they're they're in on it but that's because grandpa jean you know they're the children (laughs) of grandpa jean right (laughs) so maybe they were like the are you afraid of the dark uh storytellers that didn't um they're yeah. the Midnight Society members that kind of like, you yeah, know, we're not going to do this, but we'll pass it on to our kid.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, you know what? One thing we didn't mention about the opening Midnight Society scene is how uh, Gary takes the storyteller seat and Tucker is relegated to like the little spot next to him. <laughs> <A> sidecar, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I liked that.
1: Seems bad. <laughs> you know, he's not in yet. and
0: Yeah, he's not a legit no. member yet. Um, well, do you want to talk about some of the stuff that went into this episode? Let's do it. Hi, this is Bios, Trivia, Ratings, and Stray Observations.
2: Um, you know, I, again, like, just kind of went down these people because they uh, are relevant in some way. Um, Ian Matthews was played by Tyhee Swanson. Um, whose first credit was in Pete and Pete, uh, Valentine's Day Massacre as Inkstain. Oh. Um. Yeah, and more recently appeared on Boardwalk Empire. Oh, cool. Uh, but yeah, good uh, illustrious start to his career. Um, I also took a look at Katie, played by Rachel Wilson. Uh, she was in Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me, Charmed, Saw the Final Chapter, and most recently Schitt's Creek. Uh, which yeah. I don't know if you guys have watched this. Yeah,
1: but... I I have. Who is she?
2: Uh oh man, I didn't even note it. I I haven't really watched the show, so I
0: <laughs> it went over my head. Um, She's the high school girl with the jerk boyfriend. <laughs> 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 it's
1: it's a just the same show. role over and
0: over. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you haven't seen Shit's Creek, I really highly recommend what? it. It's it's wonderful to watch. Well, I'll
2: give it another shot. Yeah.
1: And I'll find uh, out who she is, because that's <laughs> just, just for my own satisfaction, like, yes, she's that character. I can't think, so I'm stumped,
2: but... Well, I also took a look at the Headless Horseman. He's played by Fran- Francois Gautier. <laughs> Great <performance>. uh, <laughs> This was his first acting credit, um, yeah. which I thought was interesting. Uh, and he's also a stuntman. Um, he appeared on Mystery Files of Shelby Woo, the Legend of Sleepy Hollow TV series, coincidentally... Okay. Cool. Um, X Men, Days of Future Past, Bad Santa 2, John Wick 2. I also took a look at Ichabod Crane, played by Arthur Holden. Uh, He's been in two other Are You Afraid of the Darks, uh, including Dead Man's Float and The Wisdom Glass. Hmm. Um, He's the
0: teacher in Dead Man's Float, I think. Yeah. Yeah.
1: In Wisdom Um,
3: Glass? He's like the
0: jester. (laughs)
1: Yes, yes. (laughs)
0: He's, He's always so good. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, he is so good. He really commits to the yeah. seriousness.
2: Yes. Um, Love that. Coincidentally, he also appeared in Shelby Woo and X-Men Days of Future Past and Bad Santa too. Wow. Um, and finally, I took a look at Brad, played by Patrick Gardner. Um, the only other thing he's been in is a series called Madison.
0: Hmm. That was it he didn't seem like a bad actor actually he was
1: convincing like uh, a
0: jerk yeah
3: (laughs) i can't i can't get
1: over the inevitable age gap um yeah um no at least 30 years old during (laughs) if we can't find this out via the internet if you speak to dj mikhail again i wonder if you could just say dj did you happen to see the passport of the guy um because he directed on this episode i think so he
3: did yeah
1: like I, I know you've got a lot to keep track of but did you how old was that guy
0: <laughs> he just rattles it off oh yeah he yeah, to like, turned 24 yeah.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but maybe if he was super old he'd be like yeah he was but i thought we got away with it like <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> Um, well, you're right. DJ McHale uh, directed this episode. Uh, however, it, this episode was written by Darren, I believe, Darren Codonia. Um Only writing credits uh, are really on Are You Afraid of the Dark? Um, so he also, besides this episode, wrote The Tale of the Dream Machine, uh, nice. and he wrote The Tale of the Crimson Clown. Mm. so those are his three Are You Afraid of the Darks otherwise he's worked as an assistant director throughout his career Um, he was an assistant director also on a couple um, Are You Afraid of the Darks Nightly Neighbors and one we just talked about Lonely Ghost Um, and he's been an assistant director on just a bunch of stuff on TV and not a lot of stuff I'm familiar with Big Wolf on Campus Blood and Treasure (laughs) Uh, so he seems to be mainly an assistant director but he uh, did write a couple Are You Afraid of the Darks cool yeah uh any trivia
2: uh yeah a few things um uh I, I, you guys may have looked it up a little bit but uh in real life david Moreau, david as a part of uh, david to the midnight society uh was fired from the show over a salary dispute what really? he left
1: really <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah.
1: maybe that's why it felt like a really frosty pr <laughs> Um, yeah, stunt yeah, from <laughs> Gary, like they were like, listen, Gary, put on your best suit because you're gonna go and tell them that they've moved.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, just just as kind of bitter as they can. Like, all right, you wanted more money, he's out of here.
1: Yeah. Friends come and friends go, and
0: <laughs> forget about David. We're never
2: seeing him again.
0: And the wow. I guess the the rest of the kids are like I guess we're not getting a raise okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: good to know um and uh, Rachel Blanchard who played Kristen in the Midnight Society was personally personally herself called uh, DJ McHale to quit the show yeah oh,
1: I feel like she went on the Clueless TV show maybe that was a little bit later but I feel like she was she's like the most successful one um. Unless you count the voice work of Jody, is it Jody Resner? And because she's on like Arthur, right?
2: Oh yeah, a couple of them are on Arthur actually. Oh really? Do voices on Arthur? Yeah. Uh, the three main characters have the same initials as their Legend of Sleepy Hollow counterparts: Ian for Ichabod. Oh, that's cool. Uh, Katie for Katrina Van Tassel, and Brad for Brom Bones. Brombones. I love that. I love
1: that. <laughs> See, I do feel like it was really well thought out, and I do feel like they put a lot of love into trying to recreate this pretty yeah. huge legend. And twenty-four minutes, I feel like it is is pretty well done. Yeah, well, it's really done in seven minutes or however <laughs> long. But
2: um, uh, this is the only episode in which an actual location. Uh, was used in the story like for the setting. Um, and according to his Applejack's collector card, this is Tucker's favorite episode. <laughs> I nice.
1: don't know if I can believe those, because Gary said that his was bad.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm sure whoever made those just made them up. But. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so just a little bit about the background on Sleepy Hollow. This is a story written by Washington Irving. Uh, and uh, he was f- born in New York City, but he was raised in a town like just south of uh, Sleepy Hollow, New York and Tarrytown, New York. Um, and so when he was like, I think, an adolescent, he had moved to nearby Sleepy Hollow. And uh, he actually met his so his namesake is George Washington. So his first name <laughs> and he actually met George Washington when he was six. Um So that was kind of cool. Uh, I think it was at Washington's like inauguration or something like that. And then Washington Irving actually wrote Sleepy Hollow when he was living in London uh, in Europe. Uh, And then eventually he when he passed away, he was he is buried in Sleepy Hollow, New York. So Ah, cool. Just a a little background on uh, Washington Irving. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that would be more of a bio, but. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Uh, do you want to do stray observations?
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, did you notice the uh, derogatory term Tucker used to refer to the other members of the Midnight Society at the beginning? <laughs> no.
1: I feel like he says, "If you scabs, lighten up," or something like. <laughs> Does he call them scabs? Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> I I only noted it even because it's like. Pete and
0: Pete related, kind of. Yeah, you know, so. they do call him short, which is not nice.
1: Yeah, but but he's a child. Like he he yeah. surely knows. Like yeah, I'm short, but I, I'm I'm going I'm gonna grow up. Like I'm gonna. To... <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Um. Did you happen to catch the class that Ian and Katie share together? Uh, S- Science? Is it like a chemistry
0: no. or something? No. No. Oh, English. Uh lit specifically. Lit. Okay, okay. okay.
1: When he like recounts the coordinates at which she sits in yeah, the room, God. like you sit right there and I watch you the whole time.
0: Like. <laughs> or throw three seats back.
1: <laughs> yeah, not creepy at all, Ian. Smooth. Um,
0: did you catch any of the costumes at the dance? Um you know what? I uh, besides Fred
2: Flintstone, the only other one that I specifically caught that I wanted to mention was Tintin.
0: Oh, I'm not sure I caught that one. Oh yeah, the guy up. with the hair flipped up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Did you notice any, Mom?
1: No, I was all in on Fred Flintstone. I was like, I was like, I'm going to mention it. I'm going to mention the the context of the time. Well, they, re-
0: and- they really zoom in on him when he's coming down the yeah, stairs. Yeah. And I thought it was going to be Ian. I'm like, boy, this this must be him, but it's just some guy. It is weird. Yeah. Um, I also saw, you know, there's a football player, a clown pirate, hippie farmer, ice skater, someone who kind of looks like Cher, uh, a red caped ghoul, uh, someone on a safari, um, Fred Flintstone, someone who's dressed up like Frank from the midnight society. uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, oh. they're wearing like the bandana and uh, just like that kind of look. Uh, karate person, a princess, a native, a couple Native Americans, cowboy, a boxer. Uh, those were the ones I was able to catch.
1: All I can think now is, imagine this episode, but Ian is dressed like Fred Flintstone throughout the entire thing.
0: <laughs> Instantly better.
1: <laughs> it wouldn't have been distracting at all.
0: No, it would have been. It would have been amazing, kind of. <laughs> um. Yeah, I felt like these costumes were a little bit of a
2: missed opportunity to include some like past, are you afraid of the dark? Um, yeah. villains or something. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I, uh, one thing I just wanted to mention randomly was, um, there's a good shot when they're first coming into the gym showing the, um, I've mentioned these on the podcast before, the hinged, like, skeleton, um, decorations yeah you used yeah. to have those hinge decorations oh, yeah I just love those yeah those are cool yeah
0: um so i was able to catch uh so if you watch the dance when ian's walking in some of the people dancing the extras um are then b- uh, flipped behind um katie like the same extras then are behind yeah. katie like they just had to use the same kids depending on the yeah. show. Oh. Um, so
2: you know, I did notice also that Red Devil guy um, passes right in front of the camera more than once.
0: <laughs> he was he was really going for it. He wanted to make sure he was on TV. Yeah. Um,
2: according to Brad, Ichabod Crane got caught by the headless
0: horseman in this year. Did you catch this? Seventeen hundred whatever. Yep, you got it. <laughs> Do you know the actual year? It's uh, no, I don't. No, that'd be seventeen ninety. Yeah. Okay.
1: So he, well, he, he was... kind of was right. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's part right. It won't make him pass history, but uh...
0: um, I did note that uh, Sleepy Ho- they meant you know Ian mentions he's from the big city, which uh, I assumed <laughs> meant New York City, uh, which would be about one hour from Sleepy Hollow. Mm. So a reasonable yeah. move. Yeah, and actually that's the um, you know that'd be the same course as Washington Irving. He was born in New York City and then moved. <laughs> To, uh, oh. Sleepy Hollow
2: Interesting um, The last thing I wanted to mention was just A line from Brad um, I just noticed this at one point It sounds, I swear he says So it's Halloween And such and such um, But I, like I rewound it Like three times and it really sounds like Halloween, I wonder if you hmm. did that on
0: purpose hmm. No wonder You never worked again <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Deliver lines Brad <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, well, this episode has an eight out of ten on IMDb. That's the lowest-rated episode of season three. Um, really? Yeah, and it has an eight point two out of ten on TV.com. I do think season three is uh, it's it's a pretty formidable season. So, uh, you know, I I think I kind of get it. But uh, out of five Krebs stars, what did you guys give the Tale of the Midnight Ride?
2: Um. I'm almost afraid to let you guys know my rating because I think it might be way off from yours, but uh, I I gave it a four and a half out of five. Good lord. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, like, I guess I tend to lean heavily on the, like, how the story plays out and um, what's going on. But I, like, I went into this episode as a kid not really caring that much, thinking, like, like it's Sleepy Hollow. Like, I don't really care about these rehashed, like, old legends or whatever. Um, But I just thought it did it really well. Like, it was a way to kind of do the same legend, but, like, you know, totally differently. Um, And I thought it was just, like, an effective way of doing it. Uh, I thought everybody in this episode was pretty good acting, um, as far as Are You Afraid of the Dark goes. Um, and even if like, you know, some of their character, uh, some of the stuff between Ian and, uh, Katie was not like great, but, um, that's part of why I knocked it, um, half a point. Um, and the, um, Midnight Society stuff, like, man, there's so many weak ones in the series that this is like a really strong Midnight Society. I felt like, um... I just, uh, man, the effects are good. Uh, somehow I was just like enjoying myself throughout this whole episode and I could see like what you might not like about it, but like, man, even if the, um, horseman doesn't appear until halfway through the episode, like I didn't even notice that. Um, I just thought it was like the story itself played out, um, to me really well paced like the story, its actual story itself. Um so I I don't know. I just feel like this is a really strong episode. I'm I'm really surprised that I gave it this high of a rating. I didn't think I was going to, but uh it's just a total enjoyable one for me.
0: I'm I mean I'm ex- I'm excited you're excited.
1: Yeah. I, I was just gonna say I love that you love it. So I'm really glad that me and Joey had basically the same reaction. Um no I I understand, I understand your affection for it. I feel like I can't help, but when I rate these to kind of, it's all on a scale for me, like, okay, well, if those are the episodes I give a five, I couldn't give this episode a 4.5 because I'd feel like I was doing a disservice to the fives or the 4.5, you know? Um, But I, upon rewatch really enjoyed this episode um it's not one that I I watch are you afraid of quite regularly I'll pull out an episode depending on how I'm feeling just for nostalgia's sake and it's not one that I'll pull out very often at all um but I do feel like it was really well acted I feel like the pacing was kind of crazy you know we we've acknowledged that 18 minutes in we see the horseman if I were to give like a constructive criticism as to how they could have redone it. Maybe instead of the whole like macho energy thing, they could have cut all that out. Um, Katie could have been like, okay, so like, welcome to Sleepy Hollow, guy that I'm getting to know. Um, Let's go for a walk in the woods and I'll tell you this scary story. And then it all unfolds. They could have just done that. Um, Because I think that something I found just really kind of like a bore was all the kind of like, but she's my girlfriend. No, she's mine. Like I feel like it kind of overshadowed the whole, the legend and, and nothing that ridiculous should overshadow like such a, a huge legend. Um, But it was well done. I do think for 1994 the effects were pretty exciting. Um, Didn't mind the flaming horse. Um, I just hope that it was, you know, cruelty free. Um, And yeah, I, I I have a real affection for the episode because it's set at Halloween and it's an experience that I craved so much as a kid to live that kind of American um, Halloween experience. And overall, I kind of get like hocus pocus vibes from this episode. Um, You've got the geeky boy from the city, um, the cute small town girl um who he takes a liking to um douchebags uh I know you have two in Hocus Pocus but uh um and the whole legend which grips this small town on Halloween night um and only the kids can handle it um no adult interference no one's going to believe you um and it kind of makes sense to me that a movie like Hocus Pocus would have shaped an episode like this like Hocus Pocus came out in oddly in the summer of 1993, you know, not Halloween. Um, but yeah, for that reason, I have so much affection um, for episodes like this. And to say that only like three are based around Halloween or on Halloween, is kind of crazy given that i You Afraid of Freddy the Dark was, um, you know, all about the scares.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: I am giving it a 3.5. Hmm which I gave Badge um, because, wow. yeah. <laughs> but for completely different reasons. Badge I'll watch because it's so fun. It's it's so bizarre and it's so charming for that reason. Um, I feel like with this one, I'd watch it because I enjoy, yeah, some of those more kind of um, interesting characters um, and well done for 24 minutes of a very, like of something that like Johnny Depp did a movie I, you, you've we've all seen that yeah. right i feel like yeah. that yeah. movie yeah. ragged on it was like was that a tim burton
0: Yeah, it was tim yeah. Burton.
1: yeah yeah um christina ricci saved that but um
4: we she saves everything i was just talking I about her yesterday <laughs> i
1: mean everyone should talk about her every day um <laughs> yeah that's the only thing that would have made this episode better i guess as well christina as ricci oh yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: um Yeah, I so I talked about like my I do really like remember my initial viewing and just feeling kind of let down by it. And I don't know what I was expecting, you know, what what any little kid expects, but I thought maybe something more epic. And um, I think probably I uh, I didn't quite appreciate the tone of it when I was a little kid. And then it's weird because over this last weekend, I watched it a couple times just to like really let it sink in. And the first time I watched it, it was just like a straight up like, I don't know about this. Like, this is this is pretty slow. Um, and then the second time, I think I like softened a little. And then over the last few days in between our conversation and watching, I've kind of softened a little bit more. Like I have problems with it. It's really slow. I do think the characters are a bit not the acting, but the characters are kind of clunky. Um, But it does yeah. have this kind of sweet. Halloween feel to it. And, you know, if there's anything that I'm a sucker for, it's just something that's kind of corny mixed with Halloween. Um, So I didn't like it. I certainly didn't like it as much as a 4.5, but I was at a 2.5 and I think I'm going to go three. Even just having the conversation, I think it's a, okay. Are you afraid of the dark? I think it's, you know, for season three, I think there's like two other episodes that I think are around the same level. I think it could be the worst episode of season three, but it's, you know, I I probably would go with either Guardian's Curse or Carve Stone. But um, wait a minute.
2: You're thinking about putting um, Guardian's Curse ahead of this? Yeah, I'm thinking about it because it's got Budnick. Okay. OK, yeah, you're right about Budnick, but I don't know. It's been uh, a while since I saw it, though. So
0: I mean, Guardian's Curse feels actually more like a scary story playing out where Midnight Ride feels yeah. like you're just kind of you're watching like a fairy tale almost, which is fine like it's it's good and it has its it has its feel but um it's not i don't know it it doesn't feel like essential are you afraid of the dark to me yeah. um so i it, don't hate it that, but i don't i don't love it
2: that's how i used to feel about it like going into this, this that's like almost exactly what i th- how i thought i would come out of it um man i don't know what happened just so, just hit some kind of nerve for me, I guess.
1: <laughs> I mean, you've got so many iconic episodes in this season.
3: The yeah.
1: opener should be some indicator, I guess. At this point in an established um, series, you'd be like, okay, this is the opener for our third season, and we know we've got great episodes. So which one's going to open the season? And I do find it a bit weird that they chose this one because if I'd have been watching this at the time and I had a frame of reference for the first and second season, I'd be a bit like, oh, well, it's a lot more serious and they're going to start recreating things um, because it's not actually an original story. Um, And I'd be a bit um, off-put by that, I guess. I think if I were to... I, I would definitely put it on the same level as like Guardian's Curse, which is probably one of my least favorites from season three, but that's because it is such a strong season. Yeah. Um, I know you guys love Phone please. Yeah. <laughs> it, uh, is not, it is not for me. It's just not for uh. me. I hate it. No, I don't hate it. I, I literally yeah. hate no episode of Are You of the mm-hmm. Dark, at least from the original run. Um, but for me, I'm just like Billy Baxter. I would leave you in jail. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, you know, thinking about it, they. You, I think if you're going to introduce Tucker, the perfect story to start with this season is Crimson Clown, a story with mm. an annoying little brother. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's actually kind of scary. So I, I feel like maybe they missed they missed it. Yeah. I mean i I feel like this choice was probably like a. Um felt
2: like a safe choice because people were already familiar with the um, story kind of Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, man. I I think really what a big part of my vote or my uh, rating comes down to is the, like my expectations just for a led like, you know, one of these stories that's retelling a legend, just, I feel like very rarely um, does anything for me. And this one was like fun the whole time to me so i guess that just like
0: that it, it does deserve it some up. credit for um i think that there is some like originality here they're retelling a story but they're doing it in a way that doesn't feel annoying yeah, um, yeah. which it could have yeah. Um, yeah Oh well do you guys want to name the episode
3: yeah all right <laughs>
2: Uh, I called this one "The Tale of the Galloping
0: Ghost."
3: Ooh,
0: Ooh I like it. I like it. Thank you.
1: <laughs>
0: alliteration that yep. was
1: good. I, <laughs> um, I went with "The Tale of the Headless Hunter," so I also Ooh. did some alliteration.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, and a little twist on the horseman, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah, I guess actually, I don't, I don't know if they could have done it. I just called it "The Tale of Sleepy Hollow." Wow! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very good. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just want it like I think that's the charm of it is that you're going to Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, yeah. They almost should have just called it that. Um I
1: wonder if they were allowed.
0: Yeah, that's mm. that's but they do reference that they're in I mean they <sighs> had to get approval for this because there's no like work it's not like a I don't know, it's not like FAGO or something. Uh, It's it's (laughs) and the
2: story is how old now or seventeen hundreds or something like way way past
0: uh, yeah or no he wrote it in eighteen nineteen I think yeah (laughs) but yeah I mean I'm sure it's probably easy to get the thumbs up on it.
1: I was just going to say, I don't like the title and I do think it impacts um, the way that I feel about it because when I hear Midnight Ride, I'm I'm thinking of like a ghost car, <laughs> you know, it kind of, it makes me think of like Phantom Cab, um, you know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. I'm not thinking of like Ichabod on, like, I'm not thinking of like horses when I think Midnight Ride. Yeah. Um,
0: Well, I wonder, like, the connotation in U.S. history, there's a really famous poem in U.S. history called The Midnight Ride, but it's about Paul Revere and the start of the Revolutionary War. Uh, It's about him riding at night, warning the Americans that the British were coming. Um, And so, like, it almost feels mixed up because, uh, (laughs) I mean, no six-year-old's going to know that. But, you know, in retrospect, it feels like, well, this isn't totally the right title here.
1: Maybe I missed that. I mean, they don't don't teach as many bad things we did in in, in our history <laughs> classes. <laughs> um, so uh, that's probably why it completely evaded me. Um, but uh, yeah, I just I feel like they could have gone for some alliteration. Or yeah, just, just gone straight there and said Sleepy Hollow.
0: Go around one more time. Uh, we'll post these on Instagram. Uh,
2: the tale of the galloping
0: ghost.
1: Tale of the headless hunter.
0: And the tale of sleepy hollow uh, we'll post those you guys can vote um that uh brings an end to the tale of the midnight ride uh an episode that i'm happy we did i mean i, I know yeah. it, we did it for halloween but it's um you know sometimes there are pleasant surprises even just liking this episode a little bit more than i did it feels kind of like it feels nice
1: yeah i, I feel exactly the same
0: um well, that might, bring the, that might bring an end to Podtober, but of course, we're not done talking 90s, Nick. I don't know when that time will come, but not yet. Uh, what are we doing next, Andrew? Uh,
2: next time, we're going to do another write-in episode, uh, but this time, we're going to try something a little different. We're going to do 25 years later. <laughs> so, one of the shows, and what would happen to the characters over you know, approximately 25 years or...
0: Yeah, you know, a long period of time yeah a couple decades we're gonna revisit we're gonna each pick our own show and then we'll revisit the characters to see kind of what's happening um yeah. i think it's gonna be tricky but it, it'll be fun yeah for sure um are, are we like writing are we are rugrats in play since they were already technically like growed up
2: oh <laughs> well i guess that was
0: just a few years i think if you want to do rugrats i'm <laughs> down with that. i mean i'm probably not going to do rugrats <laughs> hey. but yeah um yeah so i think that'll be a fun writing exercise uh so that'll come to you in november here uh in the meantime if you want to get a hold of us we're on twitter at boc podcast we're on instagram at orange couch podcast you can email us at OrangeCouchpodcast at gmail.com you can find us on podbean spotify itunes leave us a review that's really helpful and speaking of helpful vaughn you've done it again you brought (laughs) the you you brought the are you afraid the dark knowledge the energy the insight and uh, it's been so much fun having you. Yeah.
1: Thank you very much. It's it's a pleasure. And happy Halloween.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, we'll see you, pumpkin heads, next time.
0: Not by much. I think it's pretty close, probably. Yeah, jelly the beans are out- a little stickier, I think. Yeah. I'd stick in my teeth more. And the outside texture of a candy corn. Is this good podcasting? <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: so sorry. I appreciate the education, though. I really appreciate the education.
0: Yeah. yeah.